interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is the podcast you've been waiting for. My bloody podcast. 2022. It's October. It's Halloween month. I'm Brian Kluger. And of course, the host with the mostest, the man who I smile with all day, the man who I eat, who I'd go cannibal for, Preston Barta. How are there you? you? <laughs> I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad that we could awaken our podcast for the spooky season. I am too. It's been it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. There's been lots of stuff going on. We've been uh we we've been watching tons of movies, doing tons of interviews, film festivals. Hell, we even saw each other yesterday and gave each other sweet hugs. Not not of the horror kind. It was a very sweet, well, I don't know if it's sweet, sweet dramatic movie, um, Oscar style, but uh we, we we did a lot of hugging at one of our favorite film festivals a few weeks ago. And that's why we're here on My Bloody Podcast to talk about all of this. So first off, to get things started for everyone, I've got to ask Preston, it's Halloween style. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're in North Texas. Have you decorated? Have you gotten your Halloween costume? What's going on? <clears throat> I have not got my Halloween costume yet. I, I figure because I'm about to go to Disney World and Universal Studios here pretty soon next week. So I figure if I find anything of the Jack Skeleton sort, I will pick it up there because um, he's that that's like one of my favorite movies ever is Nightmare Before Christmas. So if I can find anything somewhat related to that movie, I will decorate up. Have you ever dressed as Jack Skeleton before? Um, no, I haven't. I have, I've had the mask before, but I've never done it before. But my son last year was Oogie Boogie. And so that was gonna, <laughs> I was almost going to do it that year because that would have been perfect. But the the trick-or-treating that we did was so short that it probably didn't warrant me spending hundreds of dollars to try to get that suit. But uh, every time I go to Scream, uh, the the event haunted house event that they have in Waxahachie they have a guy that walks around with stilts as Jack Skeleton and I got a picture with him on my uh, bachelor party because I had I had my bachelor party at uh at Scream and so I had all my groomsmen uh go with me to that and we drank at the bar that was out there and then did some haunted houses so that will always be a treasured memory so Oh, oh, wow. So you didn't go the Vegas route. You went the Disney no. route with, uh, <laughs> with, with or the just horror and horror in general, just to go to the haunted houses because uh, they, they have like some really fun. Uh, I, I'm sad that I'm probably not going to make it this year since uh, but I guess I'll be doing the the horror nights at Universal Studios at the weekends put together. Um, so I'm excited about that. So that that'll, you know, scratch that horror itch haunted haunted house itch that I, that I'll probably have around this time. Now, do you go to haunted houses yearly? 
around I try the to go area? scream. I try to go scream every year. Um, I had been going there um, probably since I was eight years old, eight or seven years old. Our neighbor, my neighbor, when I was a kid who had a litter of kids that we would, that I would hang out with, we would go there back when it was like, I don't know, $15 to get in. Now it's like 40 something dollars to get in because it's expanded and there's more haunted houses or they've put more money into the haunted houses themselves. But I just remember it just having such an impact on me at the time of doing like haunted hay rides when a guy's chasing with the chainsaw or getting electrocuted in the background. The production design was so good that I just had such a great time. So um, I've gone to different ones like Transylvania, Cutting Edge and some of the other ones that the that they've put on, but it just none of them have really lived up to this sense of thrill and fun of going to that place. So uh, I try to, I don't, did I go there last year? I'm, I don't know. Cause of COVID. I don't think so. So it's been probably about three years. Okay. So you're excited to get back. What makes a good haunted house and what makes a terrible haunted house or just one that's not scary? Is there something that you kind of look for when you're going to these? Production design for sure. And just, commitment from the people that are there working it in costume um so like my favorite ones are 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 mazes and so i think that's why i like scream uh just because there's different variations for whatever you may want from a haunted house they have an asylum which is you know there's certain films that you may think of when it comes to halloween that you want to tune into each time and i feel like it whether it is an asylum or a haunted house or uh they for a little period there they did like a haunted uh, uh pirate ship and thing like that um but my favorite out of all of them that they've done is uh one year they did a jigsaw um and they did a maze and the maze is like pretty challenging they have a bunch of fences and they have people that chase you around with a chainsaw and then they have jigsaw like the little puppet wheeling around like i think (laughs) a little kid or somebody i don't know it's really really cool um chasing you around and uh the way that they they light it and they use smoke and everything it just feels like you're really immersed inside of a horror film um so if it can create that sort of effect i think that you you've kind of hit a home run oh good good i agree with that too i've been to a few haunted houses i've never been to i mean I, the last time i was in disney or universe well universal wasn't there it was 1987 so uh, i haven't been back since but one of the best i would agree with you with mazes there was one called silo x it's no longer um around but it was they build themselves as like being hundred football fields long. Like it was a massive place, like, you know, outside of the DFW area. And I remember one of them, there was like a circular room with like 10 exits, only one exit led out. And the rest of them kind of like did a little little maze and then ended up back in that circular room. And it was like, Oh man, it was, I love that because, you know, that circular room was constantly smoky and strobe lights and then people were coming in and out and monsters and all that stuff. So you just kind of, it took a while to get through, but it was really cool. But yes, chainsaws abound. I don't know what it is about chainsaws that make, make it's the sound. I mean, they don't have the chain on it or correct. Correct. It's just the sound. Uh, But I, I grew up so that, so for my wife, chainsaws, like Tessa's Chainsaw Massacre, like that, 
ends up being like probably one of the scariest things for her. Like she hates that movie, but the chainsaw itself, like the sound and everything, that's probably one of the most terrifying sounds. And so every time <laughs> we go to a haunted house, it doesn't matter if it's just like I, I'm there and I'm like, you know, I'm so used to all this kind of uh, stuff that I'm just like, uh, I'm, sometimes I can really like feel the jolt. It, it, I highly depend on jump scares that, that get me. Otherwise it's just like, I can just completely separate myself from the experience a little bit and just be like, that's just an actor chasing me with a chainsaw. And unless you do one of those ones that you sign a waiver for, uh, which I've never done. Have you done one of those? So I've never signed the waiver for one. I was going to ask you, do you like when the actors touch you and get into your face and stuff? Because a lot of them are like, we don't touch you if you don't touch us. But I know there are some that like, you know, kind of create this, element of torture and you know you have to sign a waiver like you know it's all part of the fun but we are going to get you we're gonna throw stuff on you we're gonna make you gag we're gonna you know get up on your face and touch you and tie you down have you ever done one of those no i haven't i'm kind of curious but i know that's something that i would never be able to do with my wife because she would not sign off on something like that <laughs> but um I, I i am a bit curious but i think it's just if they can like some of them some of the actors can really figure something out like i remember at that pirate one that i mentioned earlier like they have a sequence in it where they uh they do fog and they do like a laser light to make it look like you're in water and so when you're walking around in it, like he he or she figured out how to build up the scares during that because there's a certain amount of space and you have to go around a corner. So they like kind of like strategically figured out like this perfect way to build up, like popping up here for a second, popping up here for a second or having a blade be like a knife or something like that uh, uh, to be like a shark's fin or something like that. Um so if they can like, if they figure something out like that, that can just really uh, build up the dread, then yeah, that that's that would be the more effective one for me than having to grab you and make you actually traumatize you. So I don't know if um, I can do something like that because I don't know. There's something about like the experience of doing something like that and then coming home and then just having to. I don't know. It just really ramped up your your anxiety for something like that to happen. And so I, I want it to be well balanced between thrill and fun or scary and fun and not just completely scary to the point where I just can't sleep at night. So it has to have <laughs> it has to be fun. It has to be fun. I agree. I agree. Because uh, I've watched many videos when it's all it is, is to torture you and stuff like that. And, you know, I come out They're fun to watch. That. They, I like they to are. watch the videos. Yeah, but I don't want to be part of that because I've seen some of that. And it's like, nope, that doesn't sound fun. But I'm curious. I kind of want to go to a haunted house with you, Preston, because for those that know Preston or don't know Preston, Preston in life is very stoic, calm, collected. He's chill. He's smooth. And he's just... You want to hear me get vocal. Well, I, I want... To know, like, because I just can't, I can see, like, the Preston I know, you know, nothing phases you. So to watch you go through a haunted house and just like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but 
I don't know if you change, you're like, holy shit, you know, yeah. something like that. Or like, ah! you know, like the Homer scream. I don't know. What is it like? I, I'm very curious. Uh, I, yeah. I, uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I, I don't really get that vocal even when I get scared. Like there's times where I'm just like, oh man, that was good. Like I, I just congratulate the person <laughs> or something like that for doing what they did. But yeah. Uh, or I'm just there just like a critic being like man they really did look at that production design on that look, they put so much effort into that that's really cool like i'm just like analyzing it too much so i may i may be that annoying uh person that's just like the kind of type that is uh probably comparable to somebody who's read the book for a, a movie adaptation they're just like that wasn't in the book <laughs> whatever so. <laughs> all right all right Preston that's what that's what I figured I figured uh I don't know it, all right all right I like this I I want to I kind of want you to film yourself going through it like kind of have like that uh <laughs> that requiem for a dream camera view yeah GoPro uh Guy Ritchie yeah. yeah you going through it and I just can I can picture it just like oh yeah oh look look production value right there (laughs) detail (laughs) i'll have to ask uh jack wright how he does it yes yes no right that's what you have to do yes jack wright we got to meet him uh we did not know who that was until we met him that day (laughs) that's great so okay so haunted houses costumes were all there um have you bought your halloween candy yet um, we have some, but no, not yet. I uh, need to because I really enjoyed uh, toward the tail end of trick or treating. I ran back to the house and I stuck my uh, through the front window. I had I set up my vinyl player and everything, my record player over here and uh, just played all because I, I have a bunch of horror vinyl and that's the only time I can really just use it. So I had my speaker going out the window and then I just had a, a bowl of candy and I was giving out full size candy bars. And so, yeah, I, I, it was, it was fun. Cause the kids were like, we got full size candy bars over here, guys, full size. <laughs> um, and so they, they went pretty quick and we bought quite a bit. Um, but that, that was living where we live now. When we lived in Dallas, uh, our street was pretty quiet for a little period uh, a good period of time and then you get like very strange people at like 9 30 at night if you accidentally leave your your wow. light and yeah. they're knocking on your door and then it's like two adults with like a very young kid and says can i have all your candy <laughs> so, i've had that happen it's very weird that's funny yeah uh when i used to live in east dallas uh, I did the full candy bar thing and it, you're ex- describing it perfectly because yes, they, they love it. But then towards the end of the night, you get just people that don't look like they should be trick or treating because they're too no. old who are just not dressed up whatsoever asking for more candy. So uh, it's definitely strange, but yeah, there you go. All right. So you're doing the candy. Uh, and before we get to some fantastic fest stuff, because that's kind of what our main event is today for my bloody podcast. I'm curious since October has started and I know you and I are, you know, knee deep balls, deep in horror year round, but is there, did you tend to watch certain movies only on October right now? Are, are you watching currently any? Cause I know sometimes you're like, I'm going to go through the whole Friday 13th set, the whole Halloween set. Is there something right. you're doing this year particularly? 
Uh, I haven't uh, set something out like that just yet. I mean, there's a lot of temptations with like the new uh, Halloween box set that came out to do the six through eight. And then, uh, and then the child's play, but um, no, we just recently actually before October finished going through all the nightmare on Elm street films. Uh, Cause my wife hadn't seen the, the last few of them. So I think we still actually, she hasn't watched Freddy's dead or new nightmare yet. So uh, I imagine we'll cross that off her list. Um, but otherwise, no, it's been pretty scattered. We watched, uh, I really like the fear street films that were on Netflix last year. Um, so we watched the first one uh, two nights ago. Uh, we watched Freddy versus Jason classic um, i love yeah. that movie yeah she's she's only maybe seen it maybe like once or so um so it's just uh, very stupid but very fun um and then uh yeah other than that i try to even throughout the entire year i try to show her horror films that she has not seen but most of it's just kind of been like we let whatever anniversary edition or whatever comes through on my doorstep to kind of inform what we're doing um, so there's been like, you know, Fright Night and Poltergeist and Lost Boys and things like that. So um, movies that I would probably already pick anyway to watch around this time. So just kind of using that as a way to be like, hey, I have to do this for work. And uh, I also want to watch this. So <laughs> well, um, let's do it. Let's do so it. I like this time of the year because I'm so horror minded and I love to just go on to Shudder and just look at what. Uh, the two channels that they have for slap or I guess slashers there uh, which has been just the the pumpkin sitting by like a fire thing they haven't really uh, programmed it um, but they do have a full core channel so I like to tune into those channels just to see what they're playing and then otherwise they got like some fun ones on there I've been there's one single film that I have not seen yet um, that I've been told to see it for many years now, and you're probably going to be disappointed that I haven't seen it, but they did a special screening of it in Fort Worth uh, earlier this week, and it's on Shutter right now called Frankenhooker. Oh, yeah, Frankenhooker. I thought you'd seen that, but I yeah, have, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I know, I know. And so I've been really trying to push that one on here. So every night, uh, whenever I don't joke and say, hey, what do you want to watch tonight? I always say Schindler's List. <laughs> he hasn't seen it. He hasn't seen it. And so uh, like right now I've been doing Frank and Hooker. Um, so I, we're going to watch it before Halloween. I'm going to make sure it happens. Do it. Do it. And so I, I'm going to suggest that you, your your binge, your, your multi-franchise film set this year be Leprechaun. Uh, I do. I have a great box set of that. On you Blu-ray, should so. do it. You should do and it. I, you should do the Leprechaun. I have, I have all the films on VHS too. Um, so yeah, that'd be a fun one. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure what her opinion is on that one. I think I've brought it up just because of uh, Jennifer Aniston being in the first one. Um, but I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I would love to see what her thoughts are on In the Hood and everything. <laughs> I feel like you should make a TikTok video now of you asking Haley Schindler's List tonight and then just reactions and montage it every night. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it'll be great. Uh, All right. Awesome. Awesome. I'm happy about that. I'm happy about Frankenhooker. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's get into Fantastic Fest. Let's do this. Uh, You know, 
Fantastic Fest is one of our favorite film festivals for various reasons. It's a genre festival. It shows horror, action, foreign, sci-fi, even pornography. We've been going for a number of years. And uh, we did not go, the last time, at least I was, I think, pressing in full force, um, we went, was in 2019. Mm -hmm. Pandemic happened, and it was uh, kind of shut off. Um for the and most the part variant came last year and I just we didn't feel comfortable to go, even though they had some exciting ones like Black Phone and things like that, that we were still considering just to go to that one. But we we didn't do it. Right, right. We didn't go. So this was the first year back. And I don't know about you, Preston, but I had I think the most I mean I always have a ball at Fantastic Fest but I think this was the most fun I've had at Fantastic Fest and I'm yeah. trying to figure out why but I think it's a combination of hanging out with the you know you and everybody else everybody happy being there all the fun events we did and the films of course I just I had I think I had the most fun out of all the years so far what do you think I think so too just I I mean uh there's certain individuals that I really miss like James Cole Clay and Susan Kamyab Stevens who have gone in years past and we really enjoy their company. Um, and so that was missed, but just the fact that I don't know, it, it could have been because it had been a number of years and we kind of missed that ability to, you know, to hang out again and do all that and just be part of the festival uh, world again and uh, it just seemed like so many people just kind of missed the experience and I think we just kept it a lot chiller uh, this year no pun intended that uh, just hey if we we had something at the midnight showing I think we, we picked something in our midnight slot but most of the times we just relinquished our ticket just because there was either a party going on or maybe we were tired but or we would just uh, talk so yeah. I think it was just the fact that we we just hang out. We found time to do stuff outside of the festival, go to restaurants that I've never been to that, that you introduced me to. And just, I think the group that we had, we were just cracking up, making jokes and uh, just really enjoying each other's company. So I think that's what really did it for me this year. Yeah, no, for sure, bud. You nailed it on the head there. It was uh, despite super fun. The, the 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 two experiences that I had in those searchlight pictures <laughs> that we'll probably oh, talk about well, on the, the podcast, the, but but th those were <laughs> they were stories, and so there's there's something to talk about. So there's a little tease for what may come unless uh, we get into it right away. No, 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 for sure. I just I have to say that usually every year there's somebody that you know something things always happen to somebody every year in our group multiple times throughout the day. And that usually that go, that is reserved for uh, another Dallas uh, person named Mark Walters. Just everything happens to him. And <laughs> this year he wasn't there. And this, all this stuff happened to Preston. <laughs> yeah. And we were all like, Oh my God. And the stuff that happened to Preston, we we're all, just, we were just like out of everybody. It just happened to press and it doesn't make sense. So uh, it was pretty funny, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll get to that later. So let's start off with opening night. Opening night's always fun. Opening night movies, you know, in the past yeah. that we've gone to have been stuff like Jojo Rabbit, uh, the, re the revamped Halloween from 2018. Mm -hmm. um and so this year was going to be another big film like that uh smile you know that already had a release date 
hadn't been premiered yet. So Smile, which came out a week ago, um, horror movie with Sosie Bacon, daughter of Kara Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon, directed by Parker Finn. I was excited to see it because it looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine Preston would agree with me that it feels a lot like It Follows, The Ring, and Drag Me to Hell. That being said, opening night is always fun. I would say out of all the movies that we saw this year, this was my least favorite. What about you? Yeah, I would say, too, uh, it's kind of crazy because right now, um, I don't know what audiences are really saying about it, but at least for Rotten Tomatoes, it's currently fresh with like 70 something percent. Um, So people are, I guess, seemingly enjoying it. Um, I haven't heard uh, what some of my friends thought that have maybe seen it, but yeah, I I think it's just because um, it's a Paramount movie and I really get excited about what they do in the horror, in the horror field, because we've had like, you know, quiet place one and two. Uh, I liked pet cemetery, but uh, the new, (laughs) the new pet cemetery, but um, they've done some stuff that's just exciting. And, and because they don't put out, a whole lot of movies in the past couple of years, just because of uh, COVID and everything. But um, I just kind of perk up a little bit when they have a new movie coming out. And the fact that they were doing a horror movie around Halloween time just seemed like just a perfect way to kick off the festival. And I like Sosie Bacon a lot because she was in one of my favorite movies from Fantastic Fest in 2019. And one of my favorite films that I guess is technically a 2022 movie right now because it has released uh, and you can watch it. I don't I think you can watch it on demand. And it's called Worm, uh, W-Y-R-M, fantastic coming of age movie that it feels like a a24 movie where it's just kind of left of center but just a lot of fun so she was in that and i just like adore her and then the fact that she was getting her own <clears throat> horror movie where she was at the head of it all um was exciting to me and the trailers were intriguing uh with like this very sadistic smile that they would get and the way that the camera work was uh featured in the trailer of like her walk she's a plays a psychiatrist who works in this uh, facility, who's, you know, working with patients who, or at least as of late, have been um, mysteriously gone through something like some sort of supernatural entity that's causing them to smile. And um, so she'd be walking down the hallway, somebody would be smiling in the background and just like that, those kinds of moments where it just feels like, okay, this seems like this filmmaker's knows what they're doing and this is going to be fun and effective. Um, so when we, when, when you and I were watching it, I think we both felt the same way when we were, I, I don't remember if we leaned over to each other and just like this, uh, I don't know, it's not really doing it for me, but there was a couple of parts where we leaned over to each other where it's like, that was good. That was a good jump scare. Like it has a really good jump scare um, in here. That's really well done, but I don't, I think I just had higher expectations for it that the rules of the movie would be more intriguing to me in the same way that it follows or the ring is like, those are pretty simple. Like, it's just like, you know, the ring, uh, you see the tape, uh, you know, pass it on the next person sees the tape. Um, and then with it follows, <clears throat> you know, you have the entity that's chasing you, you got to pass pass it off like it's like this std horror film um so there was like very clear-cut rules and then you would know when the entity arrives is just because you created enough space between 
to where it would take some time for them to get to you. Um, so with this, it just felt completely random. I didn't know when the smile entity would pop up. And uh, it's just, there's a quite a few moments throughout where I just was scratching my head, wondering what the character was doing. And then, and so th there was just too many baffling things happen. I think it was, it was stylistically uh, a bit random with what it did, but after we talked to the filmmaker, I just kind of understood uh, what what he was going for, and so it was intriguing to me after the fact, um, but just still not enough to really market uh, one of the best horror films of the year. So I, I was overall pretty disappointed by it, aside from Sosie Bacon's committed performance and some of the jump scares and... Um, some of the camera work that's featured in the film that was I would uh, agree I would agree and I would say that the marketing uh the marketing for this so movie good. is better than the film itself like yeah. they were doing some good stuff with that with having actors show up at ball games smiling you know on camera in the background, yeah. yeah that was pretty good and yeah I agree that good jump scares there's some good elements to this movie it just I think it loses itself, you know, in its third act. And it's just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. What are we doing? So, yeah, no, I enjoy it. I'll I'll watch it again. It's not going to be my my go-to, but I think it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch with an audience. And so, but that being said, Smile is a good movie, but what else we saw at Fantastic Fest, it just, there's no... It just really no pushed it further down. Yes, yes. So now we got to talk about a movie coming out that we both saw, um, which is pretty horrifying. In November, close to Thanksgiving, it's called The Menu. Uh, yeah. The Menu is another big uh, release coming from Searchlight, Fox Searchlight. And a hell of a cast, including Anya Taylor-Joy and... Um, Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Holt. Ray Fiennes. John Leguizamo, mm -hmm. just a ton of people. And it's, you know, it's about wealthy elite people being invited to an island where a chef has a restaurant and going to serve a tasting menu. And whew, it gets violent and gory and insane and horrifying. Uh, you know, and it's very over the top. It, it's very satirical, you know, it's funny, darkly funny. Uh, but I really enjoyed this movie and call me like, I love going to chef tasting menu places. I, my family was involved in the restaurant business for a long time. I get a lot of the things that are done in this movie. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. It is a fun movie. Like, will it win awards? Will it do something? I don't think so, but it is sleek. It is fun. It's entertaining and crazy. What do you, what did you think? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I loved it. I think it just right from the get go when it gets started, where it's just like jumping you into a, a dropping you into a conversation between two people as they're just kind of getting familiar, like Anya Taylor-Joy's character is kind of like the audience surrogate, like she's kind of like the the person who's kind of quiet taking everything in not familiar with the world so if you are somebody who's not really familiar with the culinary world uh it is interesting to go through her perspective to kind of take all this in but she's also this great character who uh will call people out on their bullshit um so she's just a great character so that all throughout there's just a lot of great characters like nicholas holt that you mentioned uh, uh 
or that I, that I brought up that he is such a very intriguing character where he's just a straight up asshole and yeah he's so good at it uh because he's just there to impress uh the chef and just like like it's a religious experience like he worships at the altar for Ray Fine's character and Ray Fine's character is just like this sadistic uh ass as well um but he there's like a calmness to the movie that's really intriguing where like there's some like crazy shit happening and it's just like it's okay hey, hey, oh. it, it reminds me of that scene in Drive uh spoilers for Drive but when um Albert uh gets his uh wrist cut or no 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 when albert cuts uh breaking bad guys uh what's his name yes yes well not walt but um yeah i know you're talking about walter white <laughs> yeah yeah brian cranston well, brian cranston jesus um so when albert brooks is like slicing his hand and it, it, it's like there's all this blood going everywhere but he's like hey it's okay it's okay it's okay it's done it's over so so it just kind of feels like that like watching that movie where like there's there's, there's some stuff happening and then there's like a such a calmness to the the agenda of the entire evening that's just really intriguing uh while being over the top with like some of the texts that they have going on with like ingredients and it's just kind of fun uh as an audience to be like like that's kind of like uh, the moment that breaks the tension a little bit where there'll be like a joke within whatever uh pops up on the text um and then uh yeah it was just a super solid movie that had spoke a lot about like uh like being on a facebook thread where people are just arguing with each other that uh so it just kind of felt like that where it was just like dispelling like a lot of people's bullshit with like who they are and uh their egos and uh what their class is and things like that so it was just a really smart movie so in a way it's kind of like a uh adam mckay movie like if it was because it was produced it, by him wasn't it yeah it was between so it, yeah produced by him and uh yeah so it, it's definitely part of his uh filmography where it's just a you know like his movies like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights yeah while they are disguised as really stupid buddy movies there's a lot of smart stuff that's happening in that that, that, that they call out on um so it, like very satirical and so it's very you know it's cut from the same cloth but it's just in a different genre right right i can't wait for everybody to see it and i'm so happy it comes out around thanksgiving time with families because people are gonna be like oh the menu let's yeah. go see this crazy movie and i think people are gonna really love it um and another... how perfect would it be if like if there's like some if there's any animosity with between you and your family um or it's like certain things that pop up just imagine watching this movie with the entire family and then just going straight into thanksgiving dinner yeah <laughs> it'd be so good that's what's gonna happen it's gonna be oh that's gonna be great i love it uh so another movie we saw there that we both utterly loved which it doesn't necessarily fall into a horror category like your your typical horror category but there's some horror in this movie because there's like something that resembles a witch and there's you know body parts and limbs being severed and all sorts of stuff but the movie is the banshees of Inchirinan, uh the new martin mcdonough movie who he did you know uh three billboards outside of ebbing missouri seven psychopaths in bruges brings back brennan gleason and colin farrell to this movie banshees of engineer in which is a very great 
one of the best dark comedy dramas ever, but also has a little element of horror to it as too. But watching this movie, it's just, it's hypnotic and so captivating that even though it doesn't have like a Michael Bay action movie type pace or anything like that, it's, it's a slow burn. I was like enthralled in the whole movie and it made me want to see it again immediately. Were you the same way? Oh yeah. And I did. Yeah, you I, did saw see it the same. <laughs> I saw it twice in the same weekend. So yeah, I, I saw it. Uh, it was the first movie that I saw as part of fantastic fest um, or I guess not as part, it was before the festival happened um, in Austin. So I saw it off location and then I was just really just completely uh, pulled into that movie's world. Um, so yeah, it's not scary, but it's just kind of haunting in a way, in a very simple, really dialed back, reeled in kind of way where it's, there's not a lot of like, even though there's like big things that happen, in it, it's not like at the magnitude that you may be expecting for a movie. Right. And it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. And what's haunting is a good word for that because it's haunting because it's, it takes, it, it kind of navigates these two friends and then all of a sudden one of them doesn't want to be associated or talk or see the other one for no real reason and that's haunting you're just like wait we've been hanging out for decades and all of a sudden you just have this violent vehement anger and just you don't want to have anything to do with me and you won't give me the reason you won't tell me why you just don't want it and so I think that that's a good word. That's haunting. That would be haunting in real life. Just like, I mean, for some yeah, those, reason. Those little yeah. things that you get confused about in your life where you're just like, I wonder why they said that. Or like, <laughs> you know, there's just like, there's there, there's those feelings that everybody can relate to. And so, yeah, there's like mysteries within friendships that I've had where like I've had a really good friend who actually married uh, my wife and I, and he completely fell out of my life. And just did not talk to me at all anymore. And I, whenever I try to reach out to him, nothing happens. And so it's just like one of those things where you're just like trying to figure it out and it kills you. And it's just like eating at you, chipping away at you. And so the, it's kind of like a magnifying glass on that kind of feeling. And, and that's happened with me before. And I, and believe me, I don't know if you know this about me, Preston, but I like to keep in touch with people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea why this happened with this friend, but we were friends for so many years. Like when we were like in fourth grade, all the way up through past college, you know, did everything, trips, everything. And all of a sudden, you know, I haven't seen him. We don't talk. Like it's just, it's gone. Like that friendship is gone. And I have no idea. And so watching this movie, I'm just like, yeah, how is is this what it's come to? It and haunting is a it, good word. Like it is. It's like it haunts yeah. you still. Yeah, it causes you to think back on experiences that you've had that are similar to that, but it also just causes you to examine yourself a little bit more because it's forcing Colin Farrell's character to kind of think about like, well, what did I do? What kind of person am I for them to react and behave in this way? And so the 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 way that they detail that, it's just like you understand it from both sides, but you obviously lean more toward one side than the other. But, but, but both sides do make 
kind of sense, but there's just like a, a nicer way to go about it. But um, yeah, there's just like things that happen uh, throughout the film that are just like uh, little, little things. Like you mentioned that, that witch character. Um, yeah. There's like a 400 blows type of thing going on here with like a grim reaper type of thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, that's just really compelling and interesting, but the, it's the language throughout. And I, so if, I think the performances, those two main performances will be likely nominated uh, for at the Oscars and probably the, our, our critics group, uh, Critics' Choice Awards. Um, so things like that. And so I could see that. Doing, and the same thing with the script. I think the script is really fine and really tight and just has a rhythm to it. That's just really fun to tune into with like, especially with like just the Irish dialect and how they no, pronounce certain words with like. Yeah. Fuck and feck yeah. And, and, no, it's it's a Coen Brothers script, like to a T yeah, yeah. and like it like with the dialect, the old timey dialect and just how because Coen brothers are great about writing something darkly funny without any punchline or joke set up. And yeah. that's this movie. Like it's funny throughout, but it's there's like no how, like setup and dot, you know, punchline. Yeah. How, how they pronounce certain things, like what they choose to enunciate and uh, just their behavior. Like, I think that's what stuck out to me within Bruges is a lot of Colin Farrell's facial expressions to moments <laughs> where he's just like, yeah, stuff like that. And, and he does that here too. Um, just like his overall bewilderment towards things. But there's also just like some very sweet moments throughout, like his relationship with his sister, whose sister, uh, the actress that plays her. Harry uh, Conley. Yeah, she's fantastic. So that's that's maybe another performance that should be recognized. Um, so really good performances all around. Good script. No, it's good. Um, and and, so, and Barry Keegan. Let's not forget Barry Keegan yeah. in the movie. He's so good in everything. Yeah. So, Ping, so Penguin and Joker were in a movie together. He, yes, they were in Ireland of all places. That was so good. Uh, so yeah, the Banshees of Inchirin we really liked. Um, I want to bring up another movie that I have no idea when it's going to come available. I want everybody to see it because I loved it so much. Uh, it's called Blood Relative. Did you get a chance to see this? Yeah, yeah, we saw it together, but it's uh, it's coming to Shutter in November. Early okay, November. I want to say November eleventh, but somewhere in there. Shutter Blood Relatives, um, directed by uh, is it? I'm pronouncing the. Right. Noah Segan. Noah Segan. You know, he's uh been involved in a lot of Ryan Johnson movies and productions. You you would know him if you saw him. He was definitely in Knives Out. But this movie, I loved it so much. It is a coming of age vampire father-daughter movie where the father and daughter go driving across the country in a car. And the caveat here is that they're both vampires. So and not only that, they're Jewish vampires. And so there's like this lore that is explored uh, with them, you know, with the Holocaust and World War II on maybe how vampires became about and stuff like that. But it's very subtly done. And I I love this movie. And I just, I thought it was just very sweet. Vampire mythology was at an all-time high here and done very well. I I love this type of movie. These very small, simple, sweet movies set in a horror genre. Did you like it? I did. I did like it. I don't think I'm as high on it as as you are, but I did find that because I went into it because I I love Noah Segan. I I love the work that he does. I love the conversations that he and I have had together uh, in regard regarding. Uh, ryan johnson's work but 
Uh, he, uh, so I was excited about that. He was direct, he wrote and directed this movie and it was going to be about father and, and a father and a daughter. Um, and because like one of the last things that he and I talked about was at the Knives Out premiere at Fantastic Fest, uh, was talking about becoming a dad and being a dad. And, and so, uh, like he, he just like completely transferred a lot of those, things that we were discussing into i'm not saying that that's where it came from it's just he 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 was just very passionate about fatherhood and so i i was very excited by the opportunity that he was just putting a lot of that into this film and the fact that it would just be taking something that takes all that and then filters it through something that's like raising arizona style and near dark um and so it has like all those tips hat tips throughout that that are really fun and so um it wasn't quite as humorous as i think that 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 it, that it thinks it was um but uh i did laugh at it um i did find it sweet and then i it's grown on me in such a way where i i like it even more now but i still don't think it's like a, a really great movie there's some messiness to it and some randomness to it that maybe like if it could have been tightened up a little bit more um just i don't know i'm not a screenwriter but there something felt off about it where it it, it still kind of had like the i hate to say like it still kind of had like the amateur stink on it a little bit but it you could just feel that it's like a an early filmmaker working um but it was still for what it is as a as his first movie uh really really well done for what it is. So, um, and I, I can see myself probably tuning into it on shutter again and then probably liking it even more. So, well, he uh, plays, he, he plays, uh, you know, he plays a lot of hats in the movie, producing, directing, he stars yeah. in the movie, you know, that's a lot to take on, especially for your first big thing of starring and directing and writing and producing. It sets, it's a lot, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm biased because, you know, all of the Jewish jokes and Jewish mythology and stuff that came into it. I just, I don't know. I, I love that he put that in there. Cause I just haven't seen that, you know, in a modern day, you know, horror movie yet uh, for real. And I really liked that. I, I really, and I thought, thought it was really sweet too. I mean, there is a movie that we're going to talk about next that, you know, outshines this by a hundred miles and out outshines every movie there, you know, at least in my mind, for various reasons, but I really like Blood Relatives. It's a simple, great first film. And I hope, I hope being that first time filmmaker doesn't take a step back. I hope he makes a step forward. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wanted that from uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just talking about somebody else that works with Ryan Johnson pretty regularly, um, that they both produced movies that are kind of similar in a way where they they have a certain style to it and there there's a some cleverness to it as well but you know there's still aspects to it that feel like they've could have, i think it's just the organic flow of it i just wanted something that had more of an organic flow and there's certain points in the film where it feels like it may have steered in a certain direction because it was going more for a joke or something like that or because you know the the father gut and stuff like that like it just kind of leads up to a moment like that where they can just have a joke rather than just really diving into something that was a little more focused um so i think that's what kind of got to me a little bit yeah. but still very good still very good blood relatives shudder very soon uh now let's talk about i think i don't i'm 
it's hard for me to say that's my favorite movie of the year because I haven't seen everything yet, but it is, <laughs> it is like in front position to do that. My favorite movie of the year. And it's a film that I think is going, I, I can't imagine anybody not liking this movie or giving it a bad review. I just, and I hope it wins the Oscar. I hope it wins everything. Cause it's so good. This movie is called bones and all. And Preston, I don't know about you, but after watching this movie, I think, I think like after we watched it, I think we turned to each other and we're like, fuck, that was so good. Yeah. Like, do you, what do you think? Like, am I being weird that it's like my favorite movie? No, no, not, not at all. Cause it's definitely my favorite movie. Like, uh, it's i mean i must just say it's been a really incredible year for movies i think it's been more exciting i don't know probably just because of covid and everything but uh it's just been like i've given out i've handed out a few five-star movies uh five-star ratings to movies this year and um this is just at the top of the line like for for a while there was the batman i really love the batman and and so this one i was like ah that in March, I was like, nothing's going to beat it. But then I saw this movie. I was like, God damn, it's so good. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just because uh, it, it. I mean, I wrote a review about it and I've been just thinking about it nonstop almost every day. I've been there's me like, too. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've watched it in my mind so many times. I keep revisiting certain scenes and certain feelings and a lot of the songs. Uh, it's a fantastic soundtrack. Um, and I've been uh, blasting some of those songs on vinyl, but uh, it's just uh, so it's a cannibalistic love story or cannibal love story. But it in the same way uh, that that uh, Raw, the, the 2017 movie Raw or 2016 film um, that we loved also at Fantastic Fest, that it's not it doesn't lean into its genre in a way that you may expect. So shouldn't it's like the most it's, realist, one of the most realistic approaches to cannibalism that you could ever see. Where and it's, 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 Well, it's a coming of age movie about just yeah. a normal family or normal people who have this affliction that has to keep them alive, basically. And you get and what they did in this movie, like they haven't done every other movie, like Raw. Raw, we saw a coming of age movie about two sisters and a family who are kind of discovering their sexual awakening, their puberty, and this, you know, this element to their diet. In Bones at All, you get to see the multifaceted world that has never been explored before in a movie. Like there is a whole lore, like it's almost kind of like, you know, how John Wick did for assassin movies. There's a whole world out there with different people, different styles that bones and all does for cannibalism and people who are living with this cannibalistic urge to eat human flesh, skin and muscle. And of course the title bones and all, and there are nice people. There are bad people. There are crazy people. There are groupies there. I mean, the way they did this movie is incredible. And I love just, that's one of the many elements I loved about this movie that showed it. And I think it did it perfectly, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like it's just it's based on a novel, and it feels like a novel. Like it's a very like uh, it has like this like 
classic literature kind of feel to it where uh in it's probably just because of Luca Guadagnino's and this was his first American movie like it's completely set in America and so you're following Taylor Russell who is fantastic in the movie she's from uh the movie Waves um so she's this is a really star making performance that's probably going to really put her on the map after this i could just see people really falling in love with this and re-falling in love with timothy chalamet um because he's fantastic in this too so just like in uh man there's just so many performances to call out even for like very small moments that they're in like there's michael stolberg yes (laughs) and Um, mark rylance like yeah. it's just all these people like it, that's one of the more surprising things about the movie is that there's these bit parts that with from really big name actors that come in and you're just like, wait, what? Or directors wait, or direct or and directors, David Gordon Green. And you're just like, wait, is that who I think it is? What is going on here? Yeah. Like it's just there's I think the best way to kind of perf- uh, sum up this movie is just that it's incredibly rich. Like the performances and like the characters for the limited amount of screen time they may have sometimes, they're so rich and they feel so authentic and specific that you can just imagine what kind of lives they've lived before and after this movie. Um, And so like that sort of like specificity that Luca Guadagnino has uh, within this film and a lot of his films is that it just really pulls you into it. And it's an immersive experience. Like it's a road movie too, very similarly to blood relatives, but it's set in the eighties and it feels like it was shot in the eighties. Like, I think they, they shot it on film, but it feels like the movie, like I'm watching it and it came out in the late eighties. Yeah. It's a little gritty, a little more raw, not as polished or through a digital car wash, you know, type of, image like it's yeah like when they go inside houses it doesn't feel like you know no offense to netflix but like they got like the most pristine looking stuff that's been like knitted and like their shirts look like it was like perfectly ironed no they're dirty they're ripped up they're worn they feel like uh these were just like some roadie kids that were just running around america with like whatever gas they could collect um and uh just just hoofing it and so it feels like that it feels like if in a lot of ways it feels like a, a documentary but very stylized um but god yeah i, I could just uh, in Trent Reznor's score with Atticus Ross like their score is fantastic in this the way that it's shot it's just like all across the board with like filmmaking writing uh directing production design just across the board it's just fantastic so that's why i think it's just one of those rare films uh that's come out in the past you know t- 10 years or so that is just really going to sit high on the list where you think about it all the time and um revisit it and it's just going to have a pretty profound effect on people i hope so it is so good it is so great now i have to bring up the secret screening um i saw both secret screenings you know not in person one i saw in person but i've seen both of them that this year they do secret screens at fantastic fest where there's a secret screening. You don't know what you're seeing until the movie starts. So the first one we watched, <laughs> oh, to be in Preston's shoes for this because everybody's pretty upset about what it was because usually it's a pretty big movie and this wasn't a pretty big movie, but nevertheless, I still enjoyed it for what it was. 
Um, and it was Werewolf by Night. It's the there was a Marvel MCU movie played at Fantastic Fest, but again, it's a black and white, sixty minute long Disney Plus special, Halloween special, and that was a fairly big letdown. Uh, was not impressed by that because we were coming up with some awesome stuff for you know weeks prior of what it could be, and it was a letdown you know, for what it was. The movie itself, I had a ball with. It was a quick 60-minute homage to Universal Horror. I enjoyed it. Thank God it was only 60 minutes. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and I'm looking forward to... Um, I'm looking forward to future iterations of, you know, set in this world. Uh, I know Preston was very disappointed with it, but I don't know if it, if it grew on you or... Or what? Like, what do you think? I think I would have to revisit it. So the movie is uh, Werewolves Within. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I was I was excited about it, uh, not at the festival, but just in general of like being able to have an opportunity to watch it, either if it was in screener form or just watching on Disney Plus. Is uh, you know uh, Michael Giacchino, famous film composer, was directed this, and so he had been working in the Marvel world, composing quite a few of the films, uh, just uh, the superhero uh, uh, cloth. And, and so here's an opportunity for him to just shine as a filmmaker and like do something that's like a very franken weenie kind of way where it's like a celebration of like fifties horror films and uh, like a, like a Wolfman and things like that. Um, so it had like, it was black and white. So that, like it was stylized in, in such a way that's very, uh, uh, pays homage to those kinds of films and so it's exciting on that kind of level but yeah just just leading up to the film festival like you said or to yeah to the screening itself like we just had so many predictions as to what it could be like even more exciting ones like if it was glass onion or something like that um and just the possibilities of what it could be you you want it to match that you want it to live up to that sort of excitement for the secret screen and reveal to be like that exciting. Um, and there's been only like a, a few of them that really stood out over the years. I keep going back to split uh, because nobody, I don't think that was on anybody's radar at all because it was so far off from coming out. Uh, it was like, like six months out or something. And, and, and nobody thought what that, that movie was actually going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and just just that had so many layers to it, to, is, especially if you've seen the movie and know where it goes. Just imagine watching that in the theater for the first time. And then after being like this kind of like, oh, my God, this is what it is. And then in comes M. Night Shyamalan and James McAvoy to just, man, it was just like, not, I don't think everything, anything will ever top that experience. And so just the fact that it was just too disney movies or hulu disney uh movies that were just coming out within next week or the week after um wasn't wasn't that exciting um so i tried i really tried so hard to put that aside when we were sitting down like after that disappointment where you're just kind of like oh my god this is what it is okay it's coming out next week um it's it's only gonna be available in streaming we're watching with the audience who knows and who knows who's gonna show up uh, but that ended up being disappointing. Yeah, because um, nobody showed up. <laughs> yeah, because Michael Giacchino had COVID. Um, so, um, yeah, I um, 
I would have to revisit it, but I just wasn't too impressed by it. I think there's some, there are some moments that are impressive about it, but I think just so the way that they've, um, cause it's just like, uh, all these like hunters coming together that have hunted monsters and they're like doing this hunger games type of thing where they have to, uh, kill this monster and retrieve this stone, um, that gives them like the ultimate power or makes them next in line for what this uh, royalty position is. And um, so it sets it up, but the buildup toward um, learning more about what this is and seeing these characters just like for a good while, it's just the characters walking slowly during production sets and there's there's no true feeling like i just didn't feel the stakes of it i didn't i think it's maybe just because they didn't tease the monster early enough for me to actually because when they show the monster you you it's just completely ripped away because you because of what happens in the film but they just didn't build it up in such a way where i just like gave a shit about who the characters were and what was happening and but there is a moment where like it sets it, it uh eases into a, a certain kind of movie I, I don't i don't want to reveal too much but um and i wanted it to go more into that but i know what they were trying to do was try to psych us out a little bit um so when it gets to like some of the action sequences they're well done i i think uh like that was some of the best stuff in the movie like i, I like the last bit half of it more than i like the first half and i think some people felt the other way but um i just felt like they, they expanded upon areas to fill out the 60 minute running time in a way that just wasn't compelling enough to me. And then the areas that were most compelling to me, they didn't quite lean into it as much. So I think I was pretty disappointed by it. Okay. I get, I, I get you. I feel you. Um, it seemed like what Preston's talking about, you know, where the movie went, uh, it seemed like Michael Giacchino, Giacchino was, filming it and then he might have asked for help from a certain James Gunn to like hey we need some of this James Gunn type stuff in this movie let's uh, kind of do this and which I'm glad it went there but uh yeah it's it's a quick 60 minutes um old vintage horror stuff I I enjoy it for what it was I was disappointed again though that it was secret screening yeah. Um, I'd be more excited about new adventures with this particular correct. characters. Like, cause as soon as it was over, I was like, Oh, there's the movie. It's starting. Oh, yeah. Over. Yep. That, exactly. Exactly. That's where like the James Gunness kind of yeah. comes in. Uh, that was the first spark. And it yes. Faded fast. So hopefully that comes into play. Uh, so a few others that we'll run through quickly, uh, a couple of documentaries that were really good that uh, we enjoyed um, living with Chucky directed um, by um, Kyra Gardner. Her dad uh, has done a lot of makeup. He's basically like the Greg Nicotero for a lot of horror movies. Um Kyra directed a Chucky documentary about all the Chucky movies and got a ton of great interviews and footage with the actors and directors and talking about what Chucky means to everybody going through, <clears throat> excuse me, all the movies and just fun to see kind of what went through them, how they evolved, what they did uh, and how they were kind of very ahead of its time with, you know, uh lgbtq and transgender uh that's chucky for you and even in the new chucky series that's very evident as well 
Um, did you see that, Preston? I didn't. Okay, it's good. I really liked it. Also, another one is King on Screen. It's a Stephen King documentary without Stephen King in it, but it's about his movies that were adapted from his book. So lots of filmmakers and directors talking about working with Stephen King and on Stephen King movies. It was a lot of fun. Did you watch that? I didn't watch that one either. Oh, my goodness. There's a great Stanley Kubrick story in that uh, documentary that is excellent. Um, Also, there's one called Life on a Farm, uh did you have him to watch this one i didn't oh my god uh it's basically about a group of friends who find all these old vhs tapes about a dude who's basically part kind human gentle dude on a farm and part texas chainsaw massacre and it is unbelievably fun and witty and great uh life on a farm check that out uh about a guy's life on a farm and how he documented everything uh when it was really well done Also, uh, did you see Unidentified Objects? Not a documentary, but Unidentified Objects. Nope. Um, I just want to say that this movie was great. I really loved it um, about acceptance and the many faces of uh, people who just want to be accepted and loved and grief and all this stuff. And it has a little sci-fi element. Great performances, great direction, great writing. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, also, uh, a five-star review I gave, uh, Birdemic 3, Sea Eagle. Um, say what you will, Birdemic 3 is amazing for all its intended and unintended purposes. <laughs> Damn, that movie's good. And I might be biased because I love Birdemic 1 and 2, but Birdemic 3 is fantastic. Uh, that is a movie that you just have to see with a bunch of people and accept it in its, all its glory. Also, Terrifier 2. If you haven't seen Terrifier 1, Art the Clown, Jesus Christ, Terrifier 2 went big and went home. Uh, Terrifier 2 is as long as Goodfellas. It's two hours and 40 minutes of pure fucking gross carnage. And when I say pure gross carnage, this is coming from me. I am desensitized to gore. But in Terrifier 2, it got me. So <laughs> disgusting and amazingly funny and ridiculous. Uh, I like it. I like Art the Clown because there's no rules with him. Uh, and he's just great. Did you see Terrifier 2 or Birdemic 3, Preston? I did not. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Preston, we need to watch Birdemic 3 and Terrifier 2 because it's crazy. Actually, you should show Terrifier 2 to Haley because you might have to sleep in separate bedrooms after that movie. <laughs> it's yeah, a- that's exactly what I need in my life. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of another one that I watched recently from the fest. I'm trying to remember, but is there any others that you watched quickly? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll roll through a few of them. Um, so I saw Vesper. That was one of the first, earliest movies that I saw. I think I watched it before the festival started uh, on screener form. But it's an IFC film that's now out on, and I'm about to post a video interview that I did with the filmmakers uh, probably over the weekend. I'm a little behind on that um, just because I've had so many interviews to uh, crank out um but this is a sci-fi movie that's very small um and it has some intriguing ideas in it uh where it's uh it's kind of like moon where it's just very contained it's set in the woods and it's about this 
kid uh, who uh, uh, whose father is kind of like transferred his mind into a robot. And so it like helps him survive in this kind of like ap- apocalyptic uh, wasteland. But it's instead of like the dirt and dust that we often see with films that deal with the apocalypse, it's kind of like this uh, wet uh, evergreen kind of feel to it where uh, a lot of forests and things, but um, it felt like a movie that was shot during the pandemic. Um, and so I, I tend to notice those sorts of things whenever I watch a movie. There's a one that, uh, what was that filmmaker's name? The guy, the guy who did Free Fire. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. What's his name? Oh, my in, God. Uh, in in the Earth or something like that that came out. Uh, he, he shot that during the pandemic. And and it was it felt like a movie that was shot during the pandemic like there you could just feel like a restriction of the budget and there's a lot of things that they couldn't do and so while there are moments and do you have the name ben wheatley ben wheatley yes exactly um so yeah that was that movie so it has a feel kind of like that but even that movie was very problematic um so in this one it just felt like there are some really cool moments in it where they got some they got some funds to be able to do some cool uh um special effects with like the world and here and there, but it just eventually felt like they were in very small spaces and just talking, but the dial dialogue, or there just wasn't a lot of energy to it that just uh, made me want to stick around. But I did have a really great conversation with the filmmaker. So I am excited about sharing that because um, that, that, that tends to happen. Like if you didn't really like the favor, the movie too much, you can oftentimes have a really great conversation with the filmmaker. I had that experience with another shutter movie called speak no evil, where the movie is absolutely deplorable, but the conversation with the filmmaker was fantastic. It was very much worth watching. Um, so that was Vesper kind of disappointing, but there are some intriguing ideas in it. Uh, intriguing is going to be the word that I use a lot. Um, a wounded fawn. Uh, Josh Rubin is in that movie. Um, he did a uh, werewolf's, Within Werewolf, werewolves within, and, and then werewolf, there's werewolf by night. So werewolf, werewolf by night M- MCU and werewolf werewolf by night. okay. So I mentioned it wrong earlier. So that yeah. Well, I figured you that was a joke because I was because I, I said werewolf by night, and then you said yeah, werewolves within. And I was like, I see what he's doing there, but <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot, you know, your, your mind turns into scrambled eggs when you, you're a father and you watch a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, so werewolves within really good movie that came out last year or the year before um really great uh so josh rubin uh who directed that movie stars in this movie directed by uh travis stevens um and it's it's kind of it's a very trippy movie because so it's got like american psycho kind of vibe by way of david lynch um where it's got a lot of like trippy visual visuals in it um and it just kind of just really goes off the rails by the end of the movie like it has a certain familiarity and build up to it that kind of eases you into what kind of movie to expect but then it just really just i just love it for how it just just goes there it just your expectations just throw them out the window and it just goes on this wild ride and very few films have uh that have gone in that direction just have an impact on me this one for some reason had an impact on me and i and i'm excited to share the conversation that i had with josh rubin and the other actors and uh travis stevens so um 
that was Wounded Fawn. I think it's coming to Shutter 2 sometime later this year. Um, then there was one that you and I saw together, Decision to Leave by oh, Park yes. Wook. Um, how, how did I forget this? Yes. I can tell you why you forgot about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of people are actually loving this film. And I think it's it's interesting because I think this movie is going to be very similar to the movie Burning that I saw a couple years ago at Fantastic Fest, I think. Um where I was kind of disappointed by it because it, there's such a slow pace to it. It is a slow burn movie, but when it gets to the burning part of it, it just didn't ignite it in a way that I thought it would. Um, it's kind of like this dialed back version of prisoners in a way, or at least kind of where it goes. Um, and so uh, I was really excited about it because we saw the handmaiden at uh fantastic fest a couple years ago. And that movie's, fucking amazing and really well done well directed well acted everything is another one of those kind of perfect films um and very sadistic and dirty um this one is just like a very uh dialed back version of park chan wook where he just makes his most simple movie where it's a love story and there are moments that are like okay that's park chan wook it's seeping through a little bit and so there are moments that kind of peek through that are that are interesting but and, and there's the, the the core love story in it is I, I bought into it, but it just feels long. It's a long movie. And by the end of it, I just like felt like it wasn't as worth it to me as uh, probably the filmmaker's intention with it. Um, but it was the editing is really good. The, the The shooting of it is really good. So there's there's a lot of things that are worth checking out. But it's I not for everybody. It, yeah. I just can't imagine too many people watching it and staying awake for it. Cause we, both of us have been pretty good this whole uh, year at fantastic fest about not falling asleep. And that was the first one where I was just like, this is lulling me. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a bit slow, um, but there are some good aspects to it. So I just don't think it's quite as explosive as I want it to be. And so that, that just may be because we're very familiar with a lot of Park Chan-wook's work. So I imagine if somebody was kind of diving into this, not knowing uh, what he's done before, maybe they might have a better experience with it. And so maybe expectations had something to do with it. Uh, absolutely did, but. Um, well, yeah, I, coming off of Old Boy and Vengeance, Sympathy for Vengeance and uh, Handmaiden, and, and then you see this, you're like, well, he went a different way. I mean, I could, and like you said, you could see him coming through here and there, but yeah, it's, it is a long movie to get through and it's very a lot of very quiet kind of intense soft moments and it's kind of okay okay where where, where are we going where are we going because i want to get amped for it but then you're just like oh. yeah you're, you're just like waiting you're waiting for like where's the moment where's because because that's what happens the handmaiding until you know because it's split up into chapters but there's a there's a structure to it that's really interesting and then there's a buildup toward and then when the moment happens we're like okay this is the movie and i'm and i'm just completely hooked into it and it never quite comes um with with decision to leave so um but still i i, I do think about it there the performance is more so than anything but um and, and like who the characters are and so uh it, it may creep up on you so i did write when i shared my thoughts on the film that it could be one that you think about later right um, in in the midst of seeing all these very exciting films it's not just it's, it's the sleeper of them all right 
No, for sure. For sure. Uh, we, we had a good time at fantastic fest. If you can't tell, we, uh, we listened in on some podcasts, like live podcasts. We did some interviews. Um, I made myself a drink from a certain robotic, uh, game that Preston helped me out with. It's called prostate hero, similar to guitar hero. But if you just have any imagination, you can figure out what, what, what took place. And it was super fun. How was that to film by the way? I mean, it was fun to film just because based off your excitement of being able to do <laughs> do it. Um, it is not a real person, just in case people are curious uh, if it's a dummy thing. Unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> somewhere that movie, that video has got to exist somewhere online, but I, that, that may come to bite you in the ass uh, <laughs> in life. So maybe not do that. Um, no, I just but, send it to we, people. We, we treasured it. Uh, we we did treasure it. It was good and it was fun. You know, Preston, you know, like you said earlier, we got to go out to a lot of really fun places to eat, hang out. We got to go to record stores together. Like it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. We had sure. a good time. We got to pick out records together. We got to, we get, we went to a vinegar syndrome booth at the record store, which was hilarious. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we went to two record stores while we were there and, um, it was fun shopping with Preston with records. And I remember we were at Waterloo and I'm like, what should I do? <laughs> what should I do? I have all these records. Should I get them all? Should I take some back? Yeah. You know, cause it, yeah. could, it could get out of hand quickly. Right. Yeah, it sure can. But I, I was out, like, I only got like three records while I was there. Um, but all of them felt very much worth it to me. So I, I have, I have pretty good control when it comes to buying things um, just because I can, I have very forward thinking where I think about it later. We're like, Oh, I don't want to regret that. I bought that, all that stuff, but uh, I felt good about it Um, real quickly before I do bring up those uh, two, those two encounters that I had with that we teased at the beginning. uh, I did want to mention swallowed. uh, Oh yes. Swallowed. Yes. 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 you did you watch it yet? I did. I did finally okay. watch it, and I did the interviews, and uh, that movie's good. Like Jenna Malone is so good, and oh god, what's his name? Um, uh, Mark, not Mark. Uh, no, it is Mark. It's Mark. Uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street too. It that movie's a lot of fun, and I just hope that it finds an audience so that because I think people will be pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah, I. I really loved that one. I think it was just like it. That one was a huge surprise. Um, so uh, yeah, Mark Mark Patton from uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street two is in it, and he's just fantastic in it. Um, so this is just one of those movies where I really don't want to say too much about it. It's just such a wild ride, um, a, a kind of about a. a kid that just wants to do like the Dirk Diggler kind of route um, and star in porn and everything. But uh, as his last kind of like hurrah, hanging out with one of his good buddies, like shit goes south in very interesting ways. Um, And it's just like, it's stylized in such a way that's just really fun. The the music, the theme song of it that they play at the beginning and end is very good. And I've been listening to it quite a bit. the way that that shot, there's like a mystery to it where you just don't things that are happening uh, that you know what's happening, but you don't 
necessarily see it you see like flashes of it like it's just very smartly done um so i think all around it's just like a very very tight and uh exciting film uh, so please try to remember swallowed i'm not sure when it's gonna actually come out but um when it does we'll be sure to let you know and sing its phrases all over again for sure swallowed it's so good yeah. Um, um, and then what else was there? There was uh, David Ferrer's uh, Mr. Organ. I did interviews for oh, that. Oh, yes, yes, And yes. that one, he did Tickled from a few years ago. And this one's another wild experience where he really, it's just like him hanging around and documenting this, the, 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 the mind of this person who's uh, can just very, he can uh, just talk himself out of every situation He's uh, very manipulative, so it's just kind of being around a very toxic person who's just like a really huge piece of shit. But uh, in happy state he just style, consumes, <laughs> consumes people uh, entirely, and so uh, just to kind of see how it eat away eat, eats away at the filmmaker who's the journalist too, David Ferrer. Like that was really wild. So keep that movie on your radar. I'm sure it's going to come out sometime pretty soon. If not this year, maybe early next year, Mr. Organ. Uh, and did you, and did you see Lynch Oz? I didn't, it was in the, it was in the screening room for a while there. And I just, I had tried to make plans to watch it. And, but one of my uh, writers for fresh fiction TV, Travis, uh, he lemons, he watched it and said he enjoyed it. Um, so I'm still very, excited to watch it just because I've liked uh, Alexander O'Philippe's other films like uh, 7852, the Hitchcock film, Shower Scene, and uh, the uh, Memory, uh, Origins of Alien. Like he's very good essayist, uh, video essayist, and he can just really analyze things in such a very thought-provoking way. So I was I was sad that I was going to, that I missed that one because just him doing a, exploration of the wizard of oz and david lynch's relationship to that film and how he's explored it all throughout his career and thinks about it every day um seemed like a very intriguing uh documentary to me even though i'm not the hugest david lynch fan but uh just his the way that his mind works like what helps develop it is fascinating to me so i'm sad that i missed that one but that was one that i really wanted to catch but i didn't yeah that i wanted to see that too oh we'll we'll see it eventually for sure um, but yeah, Fantastic Fest, the moment you've been waiting for. What happened to Preston during Fantastic <laughs> Fest? There was a few things that happened to Preston during Fantastic Fest where the, you know, we, we all kind of joked around with it and it was like, wait, somebody, some, there's always one person at Fantastic Fest that everything happens to. And usually that's Mark Walters, but Walters did not show up this year. So Preston took the brunt of it. So... If you know Preston, you know, he's the sweetest, he's cool, he, you know, he, he doesn't take, like, some people are, like, like really in your face and, like, crowd you, like, Preston, like, he keeps to himself, you know, he's, he's polite, you know, he, Preston is this way, no, nobody would say a bad word about Preston, um, however, it didn't happen just once. <laughs> Security got on to Preston in multiple screenings, and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and not only security, but servers at the Alamo called him out. And 
you know, I usually sit next to Preston in every screening. We sit together just because, you know, we're we're married in the cinema, basically. So <laughs> we like to talk. And so for this to happen multiple occasions, I was like, what's happening? Was there a sign on Preston that says, bother me? I don't know what's going on. So like, what happened, Preston? What what made you this person this year? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know why it made, made me this person this year, but I wasn't uh, gonna put up with it. Uh, I just like had reached my limits with feeling a certain way. Um, that I just had to say something. Now, again, I was very polite about both of these encounters. So the first, they both happened during uh, Searchlight um, Pictures films. So The Menu and Banshees of Inishirin. And so the first one, The Menu, um, Brian and I and our friend Alex Beebe, we sat in the very top corner on the left side facing the screen. And so... Um, I had put in requests to possibly talk to the filmmakers. And so I knew that I don't, well, I don't know when this, when the interview is going to happen. Hey, here's an opportunity for me to take notes. I like to take notes during a movie, especially when I know that I'm going to write a review about it. And I, I try to be conscious about that, that I may be disturbing other people around me because you're writing in the dark and, you, and, and then like nine times out of 10, your, your writing looks like shit. Um, and so I was taking notes during the menu. And so we're sitting in the top corner and security patrols they go up and down the stairs very annoyingly um because we've been to enough screenings and sat on the edge enough to, um just to be able to like get up if i needed to don't have to sit in the minute the middle um that the security can just hang out in the top corner they'll have one down here one up here one up here one down there and so and they'll patrol with their night vision goggles especially for it's a big studio film like this uh that's not coming out for but they're kind of non-existent they they kind yeah. of know how to keep themselves nonchalant yeah they can blend in however this one it's like they didn't know how to do it and so they were they were going up and down very distracting a huge yes. distraction so I'm there trying to take notes and then watch this movie. And so every time I look up and they're walking up, I, I just look over at them. And so they're just very disruptive. And so I'm there taking notes. And so the guy that was patrolling uh, would uh, stop at the very top where we were and just stare at me and just look at me for like five minutes straight, go back down, come up there and just wouldn't look at me. Wouldn't look at anybody else. He was trying to like provoke me, try to get me to do something. I don't know what his mind, what he was thinking. <laughs> he and thought so, you were filming the movie. Yeah, allegedly. Um, and so I'm still trying to take notes. And so at a certain point when he's doing this throughout and it's like really affecting my experience of the film, I just went like this and I was like trying to cut him off, cut off my peripheral. Yeah, so he, he, yeah he, you put your hand to your face like you were blocking out the sun, basically. Yeah? Exactly. Like, And so he came over to me, he leaned over to me and I, I can't quite make out what he was saying, and, but he was saying something like, are you filming? Are you filming with your phone? Is that why you're shielding your eyes? Does the light get to you? And I was like, no, I just find you incredibly distracting. <laughs> and and then he didn't say anything he just backed away and then just kept doing what he's doing and he was did the same thing i think he even switched with somebody 
down there and then he, he may have mentioned to him like hey there's a guy at the top that's being disruptive i don't know what he said i'm not going to think of what their conversation been about but something had to have transpired for them for that guy to single me out again and just come over and pretty much say the same thing it's like so are, you, saying, are you are you on your phone what are you what are you yeah, doing i was like, like no i'm taking notes man <laughs> um so I, I it just pissed me off um but I, <laughs> so i tried to like keep my composure i wasn't gonna get because a lot of times like you know when me and cole talk about like our frustrations it's very much like do, am i am i living in a seinfeld episode right now or do i do i have to go off on this guy where i'm like i'm in the right ah, and and, and by the way and by the way preston and i have seen you know let's just say two thousand movies in a theater like this with people with security this has never happened before <laughs> no no it hasn't <laughs> so that was that experience no apology no nothing i got over it i still enjoyed the movie very much road review and everything and so i didn't let it get to me so i you know washed it off and then started afresh the next day but then it happened again the next day. <laughs> it, did, um, it, it did happen again <laughs> yeah not with the security team so uh this was thankfully not the first time i was seeing uh banshees of inishirin um so that that movie like we've described is very it's kind of chill a little bit and so there's a there's a certain moment and so at this point because i had seen the movie most of the time i'm like leaning in i'm like really getting into it and now that i know what's happened i can just kind of just really take in everything and sit back and so it was late in the evening and i was one of the later showings and so i'm sitting back in my chair and i'm just real relaxed and i'm sitting uh, next to him mind you yeah yeah. And so the the waitress was going by and we had talked to her beforehand when we were when she wanted to know if we were going to order anything. And, and so I, I don't think I ordered anything for this particular one, but but she was really nice. I remember you had a joke with her or something like that. And so uh, I was like, OK, I mean, that's fine. Um, I have nothing to worry about. Um, and then so we sat on the other side of the screen um because the same security team was there and i was like that guy's probably gonna be in the same spot let's go see on the opposite side and so we did and the security team didn't bother me that time they nope. didn't get to me whatsoever um and and so i'm sitting there i'm slouched in my chair and then so they're doing like a last call or uh, for for ordering food or drinks and so they kind of come by real quickly and they give you a thumbs up to see if you're you're good with everything so i'm sitting there the lady Walk, walks by and she's giving me a thumbs up and asking me, I was like, no, I'm good. And then, uh, but it was at the darkest moment in the film, like darkly lit part of it. So it's very dark in the theater. She probably can't see what I'm doing. I can't really see what she's doing because she just looks like a block, like a black shadow. And I can't really see, cause then I can only see around her, but I can see her thumb and everything. And then show she was saying something and I couldn't quite make it out. And so I'm just like, no, no, I'm good. Um, and so I'm like trying to move her along because she's blocking my view. And then uh, the guy, she leaned over to the guy next to me because he was more sitting up more. He's like, if you fall asleep in my, like she wanted to say it loud enough to where I could hear it. And so she's like, if you fall asleep in my movie, I'm going to kick you out. And then <laughs> I was like, and I leaned over to the, the guy next to me who I, I had never met before. And I was just like, was that directed at me? Did she say that towards me? She, and he's like, I, I guess so. And I was like, what the fuck, man? 
Um, so when she came by after like five minutes, I'm like brewing and I'm like, okay, I'm going to handle this delicately. I'm not going to let my emotions lead this situation. Um, so when she walked by, I, I said, excuse me. I, I was like, that comment that you said earlier about sleep, falling asleep during the movie, was that directed at me by chance? And she's like, yeah, I thought you were asleep. I was like, well, I wasn't, I don't appreciate that assumption that you made. And then she just moved on. She didn't say, she didn't say sorry to me either. She just walked away. Jesus. And, um, and so the whole time I was just thinking, like when we came out of the theater, I was like, we, I have every right, even if I was asleep, I have every right to fall asleep in the movie. As long as I'm not disturbing anybody, like snoring or anything, I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Technically, I paid for this, so I can do what I want. If I'm not leaning on somebody, if I'm not disrupting their space, I can do whatever I want. So um, there, there it was, really living out two episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we were just talking about it outside the theater, and I wasn't being loud about it, because sometimes when people have an experience, they're going to be loud enough where other people can hear it and, you know, feel what what they went through and so it was just us three but there happened to be an alamo person or a fantastic fest per- worker that was right behind us and she was just like i couldn't help but hear what you're saying i'm gonna make sure that i talk to this person i was like no nah, i don't want you to single this person out um as long as there's just like an announcement made or something and so that's what happened allegedly so but yeah it's crazy not I, I guess probably thinking back on all this it's probably not a huge deal to a lot of the people that are probably listening to this that were like oh my god what happened to this giving them like a secret screening reveal of disappointment um but it was pretty crazy at the time because if you do know me i'm just very chill and i don't like yeah, to bring attention to a situation i'm i'm very much like the ron burgundy of our friend group where while i don't pile up on meat and everything and uh, do macho stuff a lot i do like to kind of keep to myself and have my own thoughts and and things like that and so uh yeah it was just very wild that that happened to me and i had to say something about it it was it was crazy because you know who is this server to not even apologize or even say like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asleep, you know, like, well, I'll move on, you know, you know, but like, she didn't say anything. And it's just like, why would you even call you out for that? And it, who? it's not your movie. It's not your theater. You just an employee here. Yeah. Like, you know, and again, you could do what you want in there. You're not bothering anybody. And so, yeah, that was pretty terrible. And, you know, we didn't receive like a, you know, like how did Fantastic Fest do this year? I would absolutely mark like you need to hire no security or new security or teach them how to be in a theater because they were absolutely distracting. Like that was crazy how that worked out. They've obviously never done that before. And then coming up to you twice, like it just doesn't make sense. And they're more distracting than somebody filming a movie silently. Like I get why are they there but like nobody's gonna bother anybody by filming a movie they're more distracting for that so you know kudos um let's not forget what else happened (laughs) we get Um, to your car yeah i um was that was that the same night as well i think that was the same night because we were all going to gordo's to eat uh gordo's in austin you know little plug there great uh sandwich burger place but instead of you know bread or buns it's in donuts so your sandwiches are 
the buns are donuts, so it's good. So we're getting there. And so we're all leaving. I was like, okay, Preston has a car and uh, the Conways have a car. Who's going with who? It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Preston. So we're going to meet you there. <laughs> and so we're talking, we're having a good time. We're reeling from whatever we're doing. And like, what, what, why did this person say you were sleeping? You know, whatever. And yeah. <laughs> we get to the car and we're into it. Preston opens his trunk, puts his uh, bag in there. I put my bag in there and what happened in my yeah my my car uh has that sensitivity lock thing where you get close to it if you're a certain proximity the door will open and so but for but if your key happens to be in the car when it's set to that and you don't hit the unlock button uh it just remains locked or it locks back and so yeah that's what happened my key where my just wasn't thinking because of all that. And so thank you, waitress. Thank you. You're responsible for this. You owe me a hundred dollars um, <laughs> for, the, for the locksmith to come out at, that late at night to come help me. Um, so yeah, that happened. My key was in the trunk. And then, so I was like, God damn it. I was so pissed where uh, my adrenaline was going that I could have ripped off that trunk. I really think I could. No, we, we, we tried to, and I could see Preston stewing, but Hey, that worked out within like 30 minutes. You came to the restaurant. We ordered. You went back to get your car, which was easy peasy. You came back and your food was there like that yeah. for like what happened. That was that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Instead of being like Uma Thurman to go to the bathroom and snort some blow and have your food waiting for you. Yeah. I got my car unlocked. <laughs> you got your car unlocked. And it's weird because, you know, I have cars that, you know, if you leave your key inside there, your, your key fob and whatever, your key would unlock if you press, you know, the button, you know, on the door, like, oh, it's unlocked because the key's in there. But for some reason, this didn't do it. And our faces were just like, of course this happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but it was fine. I still, through all that, kept my cool didn't let it get to me. Didn't let it get to uh, our experience of going to that burger joint. And so um, it was fine. Like it, the, the guy that came out and did it that late at night was very helpful and nice. And so he, I think if it had been any worse, because a lot of times you'll deal with people who are just not cool and they'll just add more fuel to the fire. But I think they, they know like people who are in that situation probably are having a bad day. And, and so very nice and so that that was uplifting um and i still felt i didn't let it get to me i was like hey it's you know it's a speeding ticket it's a little thing um so but we still had a, so much fun through so through all that we had our best year yet we we had our best year we ended it on um casino el camino one of the best burgers yeah. uh it's a satanic horror type place and they were playing life of brian in blade runner and then oh the, the gerard derpardu movie after that which was hilarious uh the count of monte cristo <laughs> we were dying laughing uh but yeah it was all good we had a good time and it was great to be there again and celebrate with you so always good yeah it's good um so that brings an end to my bloody podcast fantastic fest edition 2022 uh we're, we're doing a few these days but we hope to do more we hope to do another one before halloween sets in um, and hopefully we'll do some holiday horror stuff uh, as well before the year ends but preston 
you're everywhere. Let them know where that you are. I'm in the trees, man. I'm in the trees. <laughs> I'm in the uh, trees. <laughs> uh, you can find me mostly where I'm most active on Blu-ray Dad on Instagram, uh, sharing. So any articles or anything like that, you can find either in my posts or on uh or the link in my bio, that's my link tree for everything. Um, so freshfiction.tv and features edited there. So a lot of the Fantastic Fest coverage is going to be still rolling out, um, catching up. Uh, a lot of things going on at the moment, but uh, should through the next couple of weeks have everything up that I need to by then. And then I'm also on dittonrc.com for the Ditton Record Chronicle. There you go. Find him. I'm Brian Kluger, you know, High Def Digest, Twitter, Instagram. Type me, Brian Kluger, into Google. You'll find all the good stuff you'll need. And that's my bloody podcast. We love you. Have a spooky weekend.